And this leads us to our next question. The next question, somebody asked about all the Gedolim stories going around that contradict each other in Hakotzel Hakotzel. I'm paraphrasing over here. How do we know which ones are right and how do, which one, do we know which ones are not right? And the answer to this question is very similar to the question I said before. You, if somebody tells you that Reb Chaim Kanievsky says that the brach on a granola bar is mazoinus, will you believe it? Maybe you will. There's a tzad that it's a mazoinus. If somebody tells you Reb Chaim Kanievsky says that a brach on a granola bar is tefilas haderech, you're not going to believe it. And if you see it in writing that Reb Chaim Aksav Yad from Reb Chaim Kanievsky brach al granola bar belaz tefilas haderech, what are you going to say? Okay, who who was the one that told him what a granola bar is? Okay, that's what you're going to say. You're not going to start making tefillah saderach on granola bars, right? Something that you know, even it gives a Gemara, Im Novi tells you, ain't cholsen besandel, ain't shoymen loy, because everybody knows that you make chalitza with a sandal. Now, Leon Novi's not going to say that, but there may be some other stories that are crazy enough that you know that are not true. And it all boils down to one thing. All your life in yeshiva, they've been telling you that you need to learn. And if you don't learn, you're up the creek. That means that you can't rely on stories that you hear because you don't know if they are true. The only way to know if they're true is if they make sense. And the only way that for you to know if they make sense is if they, is if you know enough about the topic that it should make sense. Here, just recently, I got this over here. They came out, Rabbi, Rabbi Aaron Feldman, the Rashiva of uh, Ner Yisrael, came out mamish recently with, a, with an article, just, I don't know, this is recent, a few weeks ago. Um, it's about this WZO. And a few years ago, there were, what, 20,000, I think, from Yidin, uh, who, from Yidin meaning Yeshiva Yidin, I don't mean from like the modern Orthodox, that voted in the WZO election and it mamish doesn't make any sense. Anybody who knows anything about the sugya knows that it's osur. Anybody who knows anything about the history of the G'daylam Shita is that it's osur. It's mamish makes no more sense that Reb Chaim Kanievsky said to vote in the WZO than it does to say Reb Chaim Kanievsky said the brocha on a granola bar is tefillas aderech, or that Reb Chaim Kanievsky said if a kid is born, ben hashmoshes, Friday afternoon, that the bris is next Wednesday. So Rabbi Feldman goes through the whole thing and he explains that it's also. And then he addresses the obviously false story that Reb Chaim Kanievsky said, yeah, uh, to vote in it. And after he discusses the details, he says, and I quote, I have his article right here. Rather than allow ourselves to be caught up in the web of innuendo and untruths being spun by Eretz HaKodesh around Rav Chaim's position on the WZO, we ought to speak openly and honestly about that which we all know, who Rav Chaim was, what he believed, and stood for his entire life. And in that spirit, we must ask. And this, Raboisai, is the key. I added that. It's on the quote. Quote, is it logical to believe that Reb Chaim was prepared to permit that which G'day Le'olam, including his uncle, the Chazanish, and father-in-law, Reb Yashif, prohibited even when Kodshe Yisrael of the highest priority, no less than the continued existence of Europe's yeshivas and the rescue of Jews from Nazi inferno, were in peril? 
Does it make... Now, now, people may not know this. People may not know anything about it. If you know nothing about it, then maybe you'll believe Reb Chaim Kanievsky said. Um, uh, but if you know anything about the sugya, you're not going to believe the story. I told a, a Rosh Hashiva that this is the problem. And I'm talking to a certain Rosh Hashiva. It wasn't Rabbi Feldman. It was a different Rosh Hashiva. That, and he's, we're, we're looking at each other and we're, we're wondering, like, what, what happened over here? Why are people, why don't people understand that this is Osir and there's nothing to discuss? And I told him that if Reb Chaim Kan, the problem is that if people said Reb Chaim Kanievsky said the broch on a granola bar feels nobody would believe it. And the reason why there's a problem here is because people don't understand this sugya anywhere near that they, un- they understand the sugya of brochus. And if they would understand, that's the problem. If people don't know anything, it's easy to fool them. That's the bottom line. How do you know if a story is true? The answer is, if it makes sense, it could be true. If it doesn't make sense, it's, it, it can't be true. And you're going to ask me, well, what if it makes sense? I'll narrow down the question. Maybe it's true anyway. Maybe it's true or not true. 90% of the questions of the stories that people care, whether they're true or not, would be eliminated out of the question if people realized, uh, if people understood something about the sugya. To continue. Rav Chaim's father, the stipler, going stated, quote, we are here in Eretz Yisrael in Golis under Amalek. And he has in brackets the spiritual heirs of Amalek. It doesn't mean literally genealogical Amalek, of course. And spoke of, quote, the false idol of Zionism. Is it reasonable then to conclude that the stipler's beloved son would stand virtually alone among the G'dayle Torah of this and previous generations to allow voluntary collaboration with Zionists? The answer is, no, of course it's not reasonable. And that's if you if that's all you know, he's saying, Rabbi Feldman, all you need to know over here is just the history of what the G'daylam said. There's also why they said it. Why did nobody say? Why did nobody say that the brach on a granola bar is tefil saderech? Why did nobody say? No God will ever imagine. You're talking about a baby born ben hashmoshes. And the Shiloh, Friday, ben hashmoshes. She'd make the bris Shabbos. She'd make the bris Friday. She'd make the bris Sunday. I always told people make the bris Sunday. But oh, it's a Shiloh. And imagine somebody saying, let's see what the G'daylam said. D- did any God will ever say Wednesday? Maybe it's Wednesday. Why did no God will ever say Wednesday? Why would you answer to somebody? Why did no God will ever say Wednesday? Well, what's the Tzad Wednesday? And if somebody said Reb Chaim Kanievsky would say Wednesday, well, it's a Machloikus G'daylam. Nobody would say that. Nobody would say that. The Teretz is because you know that Ben Hashmoshes means it's either Friday or Shabbos. Nobody thinks it's Wednesday. And I see in the uh, messaging, so Eli is asking, well, how can, one, how can someone determine if he knows what's the shear? This is the shear. 
In every aspect of your life, you understand this. If two doctors will tell you different things, you will understand it. You'll understand that sometimes you don't know, and you'll have to go around looking for consensus, or maybe you'll go l'chumra, right? Happens all the time. Dr. A says somebody needs a procedure. Dr. B says no. Well, you have a third, then you find a doctor that you trust. Happens all the time. But if a doctor says that you should take a, a rattle and uh, uh dance around uh, fire with the rattle, and that'll cure you, you find another doctor. It's that simple. If somebody tells you, no, Reb Chaim Kanievsky said, take a rattle and dance around the fire with this rattle, and that'll cure your sickness, you know that the story is not true. What's the shear? That's the shear, the same shear as every other area in your life. Ellie, is this, am I missing the question here? Reb Yaakov Kamenetsky has a vort. Why doesn't he just see what all the Erlicha uh, people do? Maybe he can even ask a Shaila. Why? If he's an Amaretz, he'll just ask. So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's territory is like this. There was a, there are two Minhagim brought down halacha regarding whether to wear Shabbos clothes on Shabbos Chazoin. He says the way these two Minhagim developed is that there are certain towns where Jews were very uh, affluent. Uh, they, it was hard to get them to feel the Golis altogether and to feel Tishabov the way they should. So in those places, the Rabbonim said, the Manhigim said, even on Shabbos Chazoin, don't wear Shabbos clothes, to knock it through their heads that there was a Chorban. Other places was the opposite. The Yidden were very downtrodden oppressed, poor. And there the Rabbonim said, no way, no way. Shabbos is coming. Let it be a Shabbos for them. Even a regular Shabbos it was hard to make a regular Shabbos. There's no way that they're going to uh, do any Avelus Simonim on Shabbos. No way. Now, what happens, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, if somebody from one town, you asked me before, if somebody from, I had to look at other people. So you're from one town and you look at somebody else, at some other people. Well, they're, they're not wearing Shabbos clothes on Shabbos Chazoin. They must be a bunch of Shkotzim, right? That's what you may think. No, because you don't understand the sugyu. All you know is what your Rav told you. That's not enough. You need to learn all your life in yeshiva. People told you, you got to learn, otherwise you're not going to know. You got to learn, otherwise you're not going to know. You got to learn, otherwise you're not going to know. And now it comes time, and the answer, and the, you're asking a question. The answer is, you got to learn, otherwise you're not going to know. Um, Avram Avinu was praying to Hashem for a son. Asks the Divrei Cheskel, what do you mean he had a son? Eliezer. Eliezer was a Talmud and Talmidim Harahim Kabonim. Answers the Divrei Cheskel, the that Eliezer was not a Talmud. You know why he wasn't a Talmud? Because what do we know about Eliezer being a Talmud of Avram? We know that Eliezer was Doilumitaris Rabbi Yamashkel Achirim, right? Says the Divrei Cheskel, that's not a Talmud. That's a copycat. A Talmud is somebody that understands on his own. That's a machake. That's a copycat. It's obviously Eliezer is doing the right thing if he's following what Avram Avinu said, but that's not a Talmud. You want to be a Talmud, you need to understand what the Rebbe is saying. Didn't we just say from the Chazonish 
that if uh, it's talking about Rabbi Kivega, if you have uh, uh, two Rishonim and one we understand and the other we don't understand, the one we understand is considered our Rebbe, Legabe this Inyan. Because if you want to have a Rebbe, it means you have to understand what he says. Otherwise, you're just an Eved, not a Talmud. Listen, it's better to be an Eved to Avram Avinu than to be Stama, a person who's Hefka. It's also a Madrega being an Eved of Avram Avinu. But that's not a Talmud. We need to understand. You are not going to know if a Godel story is true. You're not going to know if somebody's totally misleading you. You're not going to know if a Rav is totally misleading you unless you know something. You're not going to know if a doctor is totally misleading you unless you know a little about the, the Indian. And it's only Derech HaTeva for a person to know. Reb Moshe Feinstein says this. He says that you know there's such a thing as a Migu, right? Now, even an Amoritz is able to have a Migu. So, why does Amoritz have a Migu? Who says he knows the Tainas that he can Taina? So, Reb Moshe says, the Pshad is no. If a guy's involved in a Dintaira, he will make it his business, Al Piderech HaTeva, to see what he can Taina. Right? If a person has, as doctor said, he has to have a procedure, he will make it his business to understand what, what, what it involves, at least to the point, even if he's not a doctor himself, he has to be able to bring himself to the level where he could at least make an, an intelligent decision. The Yeser Meir Shapiro, when he started his yeshiva, Chachmei Lublin, was the first yeshiva in the current uh, format that we have yeshivas, meaning and there were yeshivas that were like in Shtibloch, where somebody would learn with a bunch of Talmidim. Meir Shapiro had a yeshiva in, in uh, Chachmei Lublin, which is now a medical school. It was a big yeshiva. It was designed to have a lot of classes and a lot of shiurim. And a thousand Talmidim, let's say, was supposed to be there. And they asked Reb Meir Shapiro, it says... One of the thousand of your, uh, hopefully, 1,000 Talmidim will be a Poisik. What's going to be with the other 999? So Rameh Shapiro said the other 999 are going to know which one is the one who's the Poisik. At least they'll be able to learn enough to know that. And now we have another Pshat in Eina Loya Moritz Chosid. We have another Teretz Terbiakov's Kasha. Teretz Rabbi Yaakov's kasha will be now that Loya Maritz Chosid questions, let him ask you of, he won't know who they are, he won't know who's a Rav. Who says he'll know who a Rav is? Listen, there, there really is no other answer to any of this. You know, I could tell you, which is true, that you have to see which Rav, which Godel, which is, is going, following in the derech of the Amolagadiris, which is true. But then, it's not going to help if you don't understand, if you didn't learn what the Das of the Amalgadiris is. And why? Otherwise, you're not going to understand much. You're going to end up like Rabbi Yaakov's example of the guy that uh, doesn't wear Shabbos clothes and sees somebody that does wear Shabbos clothes on Shabbos Chazoin. There was a, a Maiso, there was a Yeki. He was a Choshevayid. He wrote a Sefer, a Tshuva Sefer. And in the Tshuva Sefer, he writes that he came in from World War II from Germany. And he comes to America and he ended up in Williamsburg. And he had a Shiloh. You know, in Germany, the Yekis, they wear a kittel on Rosh Hashanah. Everybody wears a kittel on Rosh Hashanah, like, like on Yom Kippur by us, right? But in Williamsburg, he was going to be davening in Satma on Rosh Hashanah. They don't. So he wanted to know what to do. Should he wear a kittel? He's a yeki. So he went to the Satmarov and said, should I follow the Minigavoy or the Minigamokim? 
Some Rav says, follow the Minigal voice and therefore don't wear a kittel. He says, what? He says, yeah, your father's Minig wasn't to wear a kittel. Your father's Minig to, was to do whatever the Mokim did. And that's why your father wore a kittel. In other words, what I want to bring out from this story is that if you don't understand what's going on, you won't even know. Let's say you know, this is what my father did. You won't even understand what he did. You'll be an Eved of your father, not a son. Now, are you going to say you have to be Reb Moshe Feinstein, otherwise you're not going to be able to know who a legitimate Rav is? The answer is, well, it certainly helps to be Reb Moshe Feinstein. However, uh, you, you, no, you don't have to be. But again, if you want to know a particular issue, uh, obviously, if people, there are people bigger than you and that you can recognize, and those people can identify people bigger than them. And there are all sorts of ways to... Go about your life and be Mekayim HaSeilacharav, but not, they're not all equally successful, not all equally effective. Some ways of HaSeilacharav are, look, a person has no braver, say a guy doesn't know anything, then he also has to be a Yid. And the odds are, he, odds of him being misled are a lot greater than somebody who's a Talmud Chacham being misled. It's as simple as that. There is no other answer. And of course, as I always say, you are mechuyiv to be mespalel, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends you the MS. And again, this boy, this also goes back to what I said last week. That a person has to be a mavakesh MS, and he has to take away his negius. And a person has to look at it as objectively as possible. This is a decision that's literally life and death. When I say life and death, I mean nitzchius life and death. This is what it is. And if a person would put less effort into finding a rov or finding a legitimate uh, mahalachachayim, then he, ruchnius, then he would in gashmius, then he, he has no right to ask the question anyway. If a person, when uh, he wants to know which rov to follow or what gedolim stories to believe, and he's not willing to put as much effort into, and it's not a story about gedolim stories specifically, it's a general story. This is just a question about stories. It's a general question about how to find the truth. And I've been getting a lot of questions in this direction, how to know the truth. And the answer is always going to be, number one, you need to educate yourself as much as possible. Two, you need to be very important. Without this, it's nothing's going to work. You need to be objective as possible. Take away all as much anigias as possible. Don't be an Igea Bedovar. Be willing to be Moisinefesh for the MS. Accept the MS from what, wherever it is. Be a mavake shemes and be mispalul to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and b'derek shadim roitzaleilech malichen oisai. That's the the only answer you're ever going to get. I wish I could give you a formula. I wish I could tell you that uh, do this segula, and then when you wake up in the morning the next day, the first image of whatever uh, godel story comes into your mind that you think of first, uh, that's the emes. It doesn't work that way. And even if I would tell you, how do you know what I'm telling you is true? So it, th- th- this is the only answer that's real. If you want to know the MS, be it G'daylam stories, be it G'daylam, be it Aseilacharav, whatever it is, the answer is A. And you follow this in your life, in all areas of your life. This is how we act in all Gashmias. People want a shortcut in Ruchnias. In Gashmias, there are no shortcuts. Everybody knows that. So in Ruchnias, there are no shortcuts either. The only answer is A, 
educate yourself as much as possible in the Indian that you're, that's Nagaya. Second, take away all Nagiyasin. Be totally objective, or at least as objective as possible. And the closest you come to being Mavatal your Nagiyasin, that's as close as you're going to come to finding the MS. That's going to increase your odds. Be a Mavakesh MS. Be willing to accept the MS, whatever it is. No Nagius, no Nagius. And third, be Paul to HaKadosh Baruch And the bottom line is, like the Gemara says, And whatever you really want, if a person really, really wants the MS, HaKadosh Baruch to the extent that we could rely on, without other Ma'akvim, without other Shemayigrim HaChet HaChashboinus, that's our goal greatest chance. And remember, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not going to ask from us more than we're able to, to do. And But this is what we're able to do. We're able to educate ourselves, we're able to uh, be objective, and we're able to be mispalel. And that's uh, that's the, the real answer. Anybody that tells you there's any shortcuts is is misleading you. And whatever we're able to do, that's what a Kurish Baruch expects of us. No more, but also no less.